Welcome to the Hardware Asylum Podcast Extras. In this episode, we look at the most anticipated games of 2017, what you can buy now, and what's going to cost you $27 million. I'm your host, Dennis Garcia. With me today, I have Darren McKay. It's that time of year again where we sit around and talk about upcoming games because it is almost time for Christmas shopping, Black Friday, and all things holiday, which is traditionally when the best games of the year come out. Now, that's not always true, but a large part of the budget and the marketing goes into Christmas releases because that is the largest shopping time of the year. So Dennis, I thought we could take a look at a couple of lists out there of upcoming games and just talk about what's coming, see what we're excited about, see if there's anything we'd recommend out there or anything we'd say, yeah, not interested. So with that in mind, I wanted to take a look at one of the lists that caught my eye and was the genesis for this idea for this podcast from Games Radar. Now, Games Radar is not a site that we go to very often because they are a little clickbaity with their ads, but they do do these lists every year. And with that in mind, let's take a look at what they say are the biggest games still to come in 2017. Now, Dennis, when was this article published? It was published five days ago as of this recording, which is right before Halloween. So this is a red hot list. Should still be pretty accurate by the time you get this. So let's take a look. So in no particular order, game number one, Super Mario Odyssey on the Switch. And it's on the Switch. Now, Dennis, I got to tell you, in my house, the Switch is a high topic conversation because my son wants a Switch because he hasn't had an opportunity to experience these Mario games. We're a PlayStation house or a PC house, mm-hmm. and he has not ever had a Nintendo device in the house. So we've been watching the price of the Switch, and I think we talked about this a few podcasts back, that the actual cost of ownership of a Switch is really pretty high when you talk about all the stuff that you need to have everything that you really do need go Nintendo. But that being said, Super Mario games, always, always highly anticipated, very deep. The open world aspect's gotten very cool, so I could see why this one would be very high with a release date of October 27th. We wish them well. We do, and maybe this one will find its way under the tree in the house. (laughs) We'll have to see how good my kids are this year. If not, I will let you borrow my Wii. There you go. My original Wii that they finally disabled the Wii internet thing for, which is crazy. But yeah. So next on the list is one that I know you are very excited about, and it is... Wolfenstein 2, The New Colossus. That's hard to believe that October 27th marks the release of another Wolfenstein, and I think Wolfenstein 2 is a little misleading because I've been playing Wolfenstein games about as long as I've had a PC. Yeah, I mean, the first one was Castle Wolfenstein, right? Way yeah. back in 1981. One. Wow. Yeah, we flipped over to the Wikipedia page here because when I saw the the new Colossus, I'm like, um, didn't like Return to Castle Wolfenstein come out just recently? And I want to say that was the last game I played, and that was 2001. Now, it seems like the Wolfenstein games come in and out of the public persona, if you will, because... It's kind of like maybe Star Trek movies. You get a good one and a bad one, and there's a little bit of a rhythm to it. But this Wolfenstein II, the new Colossus that's coming out, has been getting a lot of great press. Yeah, it's following the the new engine and the new way of playing the Wolfenstein games. It is, and it has a cycle where you get 
bosses and in some cases giant mech type stuff. I've been looking at the previews Mm -hmm. and I have to tell you, I haven't played, I think since enemy territory. And this is one that's got me a little bit excited now definitely a PC release for me mm-hmm. and maybe the next shooter that I pick up. Yeah, according to Games Radar, it will be available on PS4, Xbox One, and PC. So whatever platform you play on, there you go. Maybe it's time to revisit that. And speaking of revisit, the next one on the list is Assassin's Creed Origins. Dennis, well, did you ever play an Assassin's Creed game? I, I played for about a 20 minutes on one of them and I can't remember. Oh, it was Black Flag. Oh, that's one of the good ones. And I got turned off on the game because it was a third person game and as you know I'm a very uh, strict first person perspective player and when you get into the third person mode it, it just becomes difficult for me to control the character in the way that I would expect to control. Now I have to tell you that Assassin's Creed has kind of become a little bit of a Every year we put another one out and we reskin it for me. Now, starting with about two, they started to get better. Call of Duty. Duty. Yeah, a lot like Call of Duty. And ironically, like Call of Duty, they have more than one publisher doing them. So you kind of have to pay attention to who does it. And this one, Assassin's Creed Origins, is going to take you back somehow to Egypt. Because I guess, you know, that makes sense because Egypt's in the Middle East, right? And why well, not? They look like legionnaires, actually, with the, the headdress. Yeah, dress. they do have the Roman look in the pictures and the publicity we're looking at. Now, Although, it, okay, so in the description is, um, let's see, undertaking secret mission in the gorgeous, sunny, and shining rendition of ancient Egypt. Well, Assassin's Creed has always been pretty, and it is one of the better parkour games and if you like Assassin's Creed games, it might interest you to know this one was made by the same folks that made Black Flag, Woo-hoo. my favorite out of the series so far. And it says specifically does away with the tired AC elements like sink towers and mini map bloat to focus on giant vistas to explore and satisfying action RPG combat. Did I say that right? Oh, hey, you can even ride a horse. Hey, so less stealth, more stylish, maybe is what they're saying. I don't know. This is a wait and see for me because I've kind of burned out on the series, but I do feel like they're still getting better and there's a little bit more to explore. But the meta story, getting a little old for me. And don't forget, there is an Assassin's Creed movie coming. (laughs) Oh, boy. I wonder if that will be available on PS4. Okay, so next. Now, this (laughs) is going to overlap into the other list that we were talking about. Call of Duty WW2, the most pre-ordered game of 2017 to date. This is the hot, most anticipated return to World War II of the Call of Duty series. You'll be playing with the 1st Infantry Division. You'll get to do Normandy, D-Day. Oh, this is all starting to sound kind of familiar. Kind of like they've done it twice already? Yeah. So (laughs) I kind of feel like this is because Battlefield went back with Battlefield 1 and has been very successful. And I like Battlefield 1, although I'd argue that it maybe isn't the best Battlefield game. I do like it. I keep coming back to it. But they really, I mean, when it comes down to it, you got Call of Duty and Battlefield kind of aping each other. So I guess that means the next generation will be back to the future again or mm. or whatever. And don't forget Medal of Honor still out there flailing, trying to get your money too. But Well, anymore, they say that Call of Duty is, um, is a license to print money. And based on the pre-orders, I kind of holds true i Um, absolutely agree and this is one of the more playable shooters on the playstation or xbox although you won't find me out there because the controls are bad 
But if you haven't somehow gotten out from under your rock to watch the videos, the graphics advances that they've done in this are pretty impressive. They're really pushing. Yep. So the next game on the list, we have Sonic Forces, which is a Sonic game available on PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Oh available on November 7th. Um, again, so- kind of the same Sonic thing in 3D. You know, I loved Sonic once, and I really feel like it was a great concept that was pretty one-dimensional, and they keep trying to bring Sonic back, and this nostalgia of it is kind of cool, but yeah, I'm just not sure there's enough there to sustain, which is why Mario ended up winning that popularity contest. Yeah. Uh, A game that I know is going to be popular with lots of people is Need for Speed Payback. This is available on PS4, Xbox One, and PC, available November 10th. And it takes uh, an over-the-top drama and lovable characters of the Fast and Furious films. Oh, now that's news. Then sprinkle in plenty of slow-motion car crashes, of course, uh, a la the beloved Burnout games. Oh, now they're saying lots of stuff that I like there because the Burnout series, to me, was probably the most fun car racing game. And I'll be honest, Dennis, it wasn't even really about the racing. It was about staging the incredible crashes that made that game so much fun yeah. for me. And, and I don't know. I, I find that if that the game's all about setting up a crash, they didn't do enough to actually make the game the game. Well, they started to lose me when they really pushed for the online, you know, gangs and, and oh, street yeah. racing aspect. I just don't have the time and the energy to build up and go out there and find people to race. I just, I don't. And I know that appeals to a lot of folks because the open world thing is so popular. Mm-hmm. But I just like it when they give me a giant world to go out there and race around and unlock stuff in and get your cars built and find new cars. I mean, I, I guess, you know, if you give me Grand Theft Auto engine with the need for speed gameplay you'd probably have the perfect game for me where i could just go out and do my thing and if i want to play online i could but it's not required yeah and see for me it was uh going back here srs racing syndicate oh yeah on the original xbox and it uh it followed a lot with the like the fast and furious series in terms of your racing import cars and you're using name brand parts to upgrade your car so you could go get an hks turbo and an H and K intake system, and you, you build your car out based off of all of these parts that you could actually buy. And I thought that that was a fun way of looking at how you can customize cars. And in terms of, it wasn't online; you were playing against the computer, but they were doing staged races. And um, you know, if you could beat the computer in this particular race, then you would get to move on. So mm-hmm. it, it turned out that it required skill and also being able to tune your car in the right way. Because if you just throw money at it, it actually wasn't as good. Well, the good news is that a lot of that exists today in the Forza series, although that's an Xbox exclusive. Mm-hmm. And that's really pushing the envelope there. Not a game I've played since we're not an Xbox household. But I have to admit I'm a little jealous of those folks. But the other side of that, too, is one that I think we're going to talk about in a little bit which uh, is the PlayStation-exclusive version of that. So we'll leave that for a second and move on. The next one, Star Wars Battlefront 2. Now, I'm, Star Wars games. maybe I'm a little embarrassed to say that this is probably where my money's going to go. Now, I liked the first Battlefront, but there just wasn't a lot of game there for me. Gorgeous, cool, simple, repetitive game that should have been so much better. And what I'm hearing is that Star Wars Battlefront 2 goes back to what was successful on the first Battlefront and expands upon it in 
every way that the fan suggested. So we're going to get more complex battles, better access to the upgrades, the elites, more variety, less balance issues where you just can't kill the elite characters, um, space combat even. So yeah, well, lots the- of maps. No, no, Dennis, no paid DLC. I want to stress that because I believe this is an EA game. And they are telling us no payable DLC. Now, of course, that means you might pay a little bit more up front. Well, I, you know, these days, if you pay more for a game up front to not do the DLC where you have to pay for it, I'm all for that. I mean, at least then you know how much you're paying to get the game, to play the game. Yeah, and I don't mind the season passes where you buy the base game, and then if you want, you buy all the content and an additional purchase because you get it all. I think my problem with this is I'm afraid that they're going to use this as an excuse to push the value of a AAA title up even higher. Right now, we've kind of seen the $59, $69 oh, yeah. seems to be the lock-in point, and then you'll see another 30 to 50 for Season Pass DLC. Is it possible that they're going to try to bring out Battlefront 2 at a higher price? Now, I have seen some talk, but I haven't seen I mean, well, anything concrete on how much content for how long for free. Well, and, okay, it, it, thinking of it from a cost standpoint, you know, Battlefront 2, say it came out at $150 for this game. Mm-hmm. That seems like a really steep price. But if you consider, like, Battlefront itself for $60 and then the DLC for another $30 there you are already at $90 yeah and then you have all these other add-ons that you need to have so that you can actually play the game in online there you are at 150 I think the problem for me is so many times I buy a pre-order game based on the trailer and the premise and the excitement value of it and the first Battlefront falls in this category for me yep and it just doesn't live up to the promise. And that gets exponentially if that price goes up. Yep. So I don't know how much longer that we can count on that $60, you know, plateau, if you will, for AAA games. Because mm-hmm. the reality is all that stuff's getting more expensive. And ironically, I would kind of expect Call of Duty to be the one pushing the price because they have the highest demand out there. So yep. when it logs in, it's kind of a good fortune-telling look in the crystal ball at what the rest of the AAA titles will cost for the rest of the year. Yeah. Well, on the positive, though, we have a Star Wars movie coming out this December. Who? And the nice thing about the Star Wars Battlefront series is that they follow a lot of the Star Wars canon, so it, it actually fills in the gaps a lot of times that are left by the movies where somebody just builds a story and whatnot. Still, but. I wonder how often can they go to the well, but I digress. Next on the list... Pokemon, Pokemon. Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon. I can't believe these are also a license to print money. And as a non-player, it just looks like every year it's the same game with just new creatures in it. (laughs) And maybe that's an oversimplification. This is a 3DS game, and those folks certainly know what they like. And there's a new one, it seems like, pretty constantly. So not the target audience, but you or your kid, maybe. It's coming. Uh, let's see, next one, Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Now, this is a Switch exclusive also. Now, I sort of remember the original Xenoblade, and, and I'm, I'm remembering correctly, this is a successful JRPG, which is a Japanese-style role-playing game. Mm-hmm. So they tend to be fairly stylized, pretty deep, and most of the time it's an initial time sink, but not replayable. I used to love those games, but I find that it's hard for me now to find the time to beat those games. But you get a lot of value for your money in most JRPGs. 
Um, I would encourage you, if that's your thing, to look into this, but I would also remind you that they're constantly releasing older versions through the different stores on your different consoles, which tend to be the primary outlet for these. I've also seen some recent Humble Bundles, so you can get into these relatively cheaply, and man, you're just going to lose time like crazy. Yeah. Well, also, in, in a strange vein, you know, this comes out December 1st of this year, and it's only for the Switch. You know, that's... Christmas season. Oh yeah, it's going to be you're a with hot your family. Christmas seller. Yeah, you're with your family and stuff, and this is a great way to keep the kids busy, like all day, <laughs> forever, forever. Right. Yeah. All right. So the next one is a very popular title with the streamers, actually. Now this is a very stylized game. I have to admit, even my kids have expressed interest in this. It's called Hello Neighbor, Xbox One and PC. Now December eighth. 2017 is the release date for this. And I would have told you I thought it was already out. So I think that they've early released it to the Twitchers and streamers Mm -hmm. and stuff. And this may be another case where you could go out there and play early alpha beta build. But this is a first-person stealth game that's sort of a horror title maybe, but not really. Now, you had a great parallel, and I want you to share that with the audience here. Okay, so there was a a Shia LaBeouf movie several years ago that had Trinity, which is, um, I forget her actual real name, but Trinity from the Matrix movies played uh, his mom. Carrie Ann Moss. That's the one. But this movie is called Disturbia, and uh, the backstory was that... uh, Shyla, you know, whoever he is in the movie, I forget, actually, um, he gets in trouble and he's under house arrest. So since he's bored, he takes on looking at his neighbors and watching the people in the neighborhood. So when his friends come over, he says, oh, yeah, this is so-and-so. And And, uh, he's gone away for work. And then the neighbor comes in and they're having fun with the maid. And, you know, he finds all this stuff that's happening with his neighbors until he finds the one neighbor that is doing something bad. Like, you know, picking up girls at the bar and then the girls don't get to go home. So this Hello Neighbor kind of reminds me a lot of that because you're spying on this guy trying to figure out what he's doing. And uh, you got to break into the house at one point and track him down. I've watched a little bit of the video on this and it seems to be packed full of weird Easter eggs and interesting discoverable things as you search through And in short, the game is you try to investigate what weirdness is going on with the neighbor without getting caught. And I'm thinking you can guess what happens when you get caught. Hmm. Now, I would suggest to you that this is definitely worth going out and eyeballing the videos because this is very different from everything else that's on the market. And that's why it's getting a buzz. And if you uh, want something a little bit different, this one might be worth your time. Yeah. Uh, next one, we're on the second page now. Uh, Knights and Bikes. This is for the PS4 and PC, so no Xbox One. And it actually doesn't have a release date. So this is a game that's being released by the powerhouse studio Double Fine. It's most popular for their point-and-click movements. Uh, what I like about this one is it's a two-player co-op with Nessa and Demulza, and they're racing their bikes around. It's co-op. Uh, it looks interesting. But I just don't know a lot about it. But Double Fine has some cute animation behind it. I think uh, it might be worth taking a look at if you like that stylized, cutesy stuff. And let's face it, there just aren't enough good co-op games out there. No. Uh, Next one is Gwent, the Witcher card game. This is for PS4, Xbox One, and PC with, again, no release date. But uh, people want to play a card game on the pc now this is probably the most interesting one on the list because 
this game exists in a sense right now inside of the Witcher games. So if you play the Witcher 3 Wild Hunt, you can play this as a mini game. So what they've done is they've taken that and they've pulled that puppy out and turned it into a full-fledged game of its own, I guess, to follow the popularity of some of these online card games. Yeah. Uh, I highlighted a line here that was written in the Games Radar article. Gwent will have a full-fledged single-player campaign that could last upwards of 10 hours. Well, that's interesting. Now, I'll admit that I like to play the collectible card games a little bit, and I'm a Magic player, although casually these days. Mm-hmm. And I do like the ability to go online and play the campaigns and build your stuff online with that. And there are a lot of different variations like that. Hearthstone is very popular, for example. And so that may appeal to you. I... Don't know how successful it'll be outside of the game or even if there's that much demand, but there must be, right, for them to put it out. So if you are playing that already inside of the game and you want more, you'll get your chance. Uh, Next game. Call of Cthulhu. HP Lovecraft's Mythos comes alive, and this is on PS4, Xbox One, and PC. No specific date out. Um, I'm always excited when they put something out Cthulhu. Now, this says that this is in the same style as 2005's Call of Cthulhu Dark Corners, which was a game that was a first-person RPG. It was relatively popular, even if it felt like it had more potential than it had reality. I still don't feel like there's been a game that has really captured that Cthulhu feel well. Now, there's some great board games that do it. But they, like the role-playing games and the books, require a lot of your fleshing it out with your imagination to make it work. So I think that there's a lot of potential if they could come out with a great Cthulhu game to really be a solid title. But this is kind of a wait and see for me. Yeah, well, and if the game doesn't appeal to you, then there's a Metallica song that might. (laughs) There you go. All right, now the next one is a game that people are constantly recommending to me, at least the original version. This is the sequel. Mountain Blade 2, Bannerlord. Now, I have to admit, I frequently look at picking up this game, and I just haven't for one reason or another. And it's usually because, even for an older title, it's still a pretty expensive title. And some of that may be demand. But Mountain Blade 2 will be out on the PS4, Xbox One, and PC. No release date, but what they are trying to do is increase the scale of the original Mountain Blade to make it much larger in the skirmishes and the wars, a bigger sandbox world, more bases, more combat, more, more, more. Always more. sounds great. Now, the early graphics releases of this look beautiful, and it definitely appeals to me, but I just need to get in and give it a chance. So I've been watching the videos, watching this one develop, and this may be the one that gets my money. Well, there's no release date on it, so you might get to hold on to that for a while. Maybe next year. Maybe maybe next year. Well, and I've noticed that a lot of the games later in this list, um, and this is the last one, actually, is Earth Defense Force 5, available for the PS4, and it has a to-be-determined release date. This one's really interesting to me because I feel like this is number five of a game that I just didn't have on my radar at all. Like? The four times before it? Yeah, so it says this is giant insect B-movie horror, big robots, big monsters, which all sounds kind of cool, and I guess... Oh, they got Godzilla in it. Godzilla, hey, there you go. Yeah. Maybe I'm just not the target audience, but uh, I don't know. Well, I don't. maybe they started with Earth Defense Force 
four. <laughs> maybe. Or maybe Earth Defense Force five is really the first game, and it just happens to be like, you know, the SEAL Team six, where they made it just six, so uh, that well, the maybe, world would think there was five others. Maybe we're just missing out. Hey, let us know if this is really a great game that we've just skipped. And that's the end of the game's radar list. Now, before we walk away from this completely and we want to help you spend your good money or help you shop for your gamers in your household, I wanted to take just a short look at VGA charts. This is an actual store-reported site that talks about stats. And this is where we find out to date, and the date that this chart was run was the middle of September, so we're about a week and a half behind now. But this is the top pre-orders by actual pre-orders and the number one which we've already mentioned call of duty world war ii for ps4 seven weeks to launch which is now way less than that i think it's just a couple of weeks now mm-hmm. they had two hundred four thousand five hundred and seventy three pre-orders making it the hottest pre-ordered game in the recorded chart area which is majority of the united states so i'm curious before we go too far oh dennis is doing the math so, so this is sixty dollars times 204,573 how much money are they already raking in and we don't even know if the game is good oh my gosh 12.2 million dollars in sales and there's the license to print money and again keeping activision alive in the world as a major player so i don't know maybe there's some stock to buy there yep super mario odyssey was next on the ps4 right yeah six weeks to launch as of this rate oh wait a minute no that's that's Nintendo Switch. I'm reading that wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm reading the wrong line here. So this is uh, pretty close, 189,276. Marvel and Capcom Infinite for PS4. That's the one I was reading. Yeah. Now, this is the, the latest version of the Marvel versus Capcom fighting games. Again, another incremental. These tend to add more characters, more moves. If you're into fighting games, which to me is kind of no longer current, um, this is the top dog, although I'm told that there's an SNK version still floating around out there, too. And I don't know. I, I see these as being like arcade games, not for the PS4. Well, but. when we talk about owning a console, I kind of feel like there are certain genres that you should just have in your collection. Everybody yes. should have a good fighting game. Yeah. And they're great for parties or for quick throwdowns with your friends when you don't have a lot of time for something deeper. Mm. Speaking of deeper... The next game on the list is Red Dead Redemption 2. Now, this is one I'm personally excited about. It's 16 weeks out. Whoa, what does that mean? Like, that's a long ways. Yeah. Had already 126,000 almost exactly (laughs) pre-orders. The first Red Dead Redemption and its zombie apocalypse semi-follow-up were two fantastic games. Now, this is open world Wild Wild West, so picture, if you will, Grand Theft Auto, only with cowboys and Indians and horse riding and lassos. And zombies. I really liked this game, and I especially liked the fact that they revisit it with zombies. And the zombie add-on, at least for the PC, goes on sale every season. Yeah. Now, I should mention, um, before we get too far into this, all of these games are console-based. There might be a PC port, but all the ones that are listed here for pre-order are either PS4, Nintendo Switch, or Xbox One. And some of the reason for that is there just aren't a lot of pre-orders for PC games no. these days. So let's go a couple more deeper just because it starts to get a little ridiculous. <laughs> and the next one I want to talk about, number five, is the one that we hinted about already. Gran Turismo Sport, the latest in the PlayStation dynasty of racing games. Now, traditionally, Gran Turismo is the more realistic racing game. 
they go through the the licensing of the real titles. It's a little more punishing. Some people will tell you that the Gran Turismo games really can't be played correctly unless you have a wheel and pedal set up at your house. Now, that's a little bit crazy for me, but I will tell you that those games are pretty punishing. In fact, I find them sometimes too challenging for me, but I appreciate that every Gran Turismo game seems to push the console further. In fact, geez, wouldn't it be nice if they would port some of those to the PC and really go crazy with the textures and maps? Yeah. Oh, maybe PC, someday. PC's where it's at if you want hardware. Now, uh, let's see. Let's add another $7.2 million to Call of Duty World War II for the Xbox. Oh, my gosh. They separated it out. Oh, yeah. yeah. Printing money like crazy. So that's our top five in that uh, Xbox One Call of Duty, by the way, is number six. So it just barely misses our list. I want to point out there's also another Red Dead Redemption popping in at eight. And if I were cherry picking off the list, I'd suggest that 12 is where we hit Dead Island 2. Star Wars Battlefront hits at 13. And then it kind of goes south. I mean, some of the games that have already been released, like South Park is already on the PC, some Pokemon. Uh, way down there at number 20 is really the only other game that I want to mention. It falls in at 20 and 23, and that is the new Middle-Earth Shadow of War game. If you haven't played these, these are incredible open-world Lord of the Rings combat games. It really aligns itself with co-op play. It has different areas that you go into different combats. They're massive. You become like the heroes in the game. One of the really unique things about this game is that it learns from you. You have allies that they grow, and you have enemies that if you don't kill them, they have allies of their own, and they grow in stature and power also. And if you played the first Shadow of Mordor, and this is true on the PC, I think also on the console, it will find your previous game, and it will remember who your allies are and who your nemesis were, and they will influence the new game as well. So this is a great opportunity if you want to experience a game that's becoming a modern classic to go back, get the first game, play through it. It's a very deep, very great game. It's not even that dated, and it's also very cheap right now, especially on the PC with the new one out. Play through the first game, let it influence the second game or not as you see fit. But I find that a lot of my friends are losing their lives to this game right now because it will suck you in and spit you out because it has some of the most incredible first-person, I can't even call them superpowers, really, because it's Lord of the Rings universe. Mm -hmm. But it does crazy cool stuff, and each character has these unique powers and abilities, and and as you experience them real-time in a game with your buddies, there's so many awesome brag about it did you see that moments that it's very difficult to describe i don't even own the game and just watching other people play it i'm like oh that's cool oh that's cool so shadows of mordor also a game that i've been really watching for a sale i can't make myself pay 60 bucks there's probably going to be dlc also oh yeah but part of that is that i just haven't gotten very far in the first game too so uh, that makes it a little easier to hold out but every time I see this, it moves higher and higher up my list. So that being said, we've talked about hot games, upcoming games, most pre-ordered games, but inevitably we've missed something out there that you probably want to talk to us about. What's your hot title? What do we miss? What are you most looking forward to? And if nothing else, what will we see you playing on the battlefield? We'll see you out there.
For more information on the topics discussed in this podcast, please consult our show notes on hardwareasylum.com. Stay up to date on the latest at Hardware Asylum by subscribing to our RSS. Follow us on Twitter or like us on Facebook. This has been a Ninja Lane production, copyright 2017. Thanks for listening.